Welcome to episode 10 of season two of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League presented by ChangeUp. I'm Matt Satilli. I am joined as always by my co-host Owen Shadrick. Owen, it is great to see you. And today, Monday, February 15th marks 100 days until FCBL opening day. How you doing today? I'm doing well, Matt, and I can't believe it's already 100 days till the season. I'm so excited to be back once again for my third year and, and just can't wait to see what the league becomes this year. We are so excited. We will give you guys all the updates along the way. Hopefully it's a quick 100 days, but you said it well. Cannot wait for Wednesday, May 26th. Once again, that is the opening day. So mark your calendars if you haven't already. So on today's episode of Back to the Futures, it's a great episode. We have Noah Martinez on for the New Britain Bees. He was an offensive powerhouse, led the league in walks and OPS, and he was just a great guest, really entertaining, and it was awesome to have him on. Yeah, 100%. Noah's a great guy. It was great to hear from him and another member of the Bees organization, and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Absolutely. So without further ado, here's our episode, season two, episode 10, with New Britain Bees first baseman and DH, Noah Martinez. At this time, we now welcome on a very special guest. This summer, he was a member of the New Britain Bees. He was named first team all FCBL. He was a finalist for the MVP of the Futures League. And he also happened to lead the league in walks and on base percentage. Just an offensive machine. It is Noah Martinez. Noah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. Well, it's our pleasure and Great to hear from a member of the Bees and someone who did so much this summer. So let's start right there. Let's just ask, what was it like for you to get a chance to play baseball this summer? I was definitely very fortunate to get a chance to play baseball for the New Britain Bees. And, um, you know, with the whole, you know, COVID uh, pandemic that was going on, it was the only, you know, league that was going on in town. And um, fortunately, I was set up with the team I think it was in September of 20, 2019 at that time. Thankfully, my coach, Coach Hall here at Central, put me with the team. And, um, you know, it was that then it was history. So it was a really cool experience, definitely, to get to play with those uh, those guys. And you had a pretty successful campaign at that. So what was it like hearing that you were named to that first team All-FCBL as a designated hitter? And you were one of only six MVP finalists. Definitely an impressive accolade. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was just a cool experience, man. I mean, I, the thing was, you know, I was just really happy to be out there with some of the guys and, you know, getting to you know, act like a sponge and then kind of absorb all that information from all these other people that have been in, you know, different summer leagues. So, you know, some people coming from the Cape and, you know, the NECBL playing with us in the Futures League. Um, so I just wanted to be that guy to kind of absorb all the information I could. And I definitely kind of translated into my batch, which was, uh, which was a good thing. Yeah. And I mean, there's a reason you earned those uh, accolades. You led the bees in many categories this summer. You were tied for first in home runs with Danielle Rivera. You were first in RBIs. You were first in average, first in OPS and first in slugging percentage. What was it like being a major part of that offense? You know, definitely it was, it was really cool. Um, you know, towards the kind of the middle part of the season, actually, I didn't, I wasn't really doing too well. Um, I was trying to find my swing and I felt like I had a lot of play with my hands when I was up at bat. And sometimes I couldn't get my foot down in time because some of these guys were throwing pretty hard and I haven't seen that in a long time. Um, but, you know, eventually, you know, I got my stuff together and I did a lot of T work, did a lot of flips and all that stuff. Um, and it kind of all kind of pieced together towards the end. And it kind of, 
held me up there with the top tier guys, you know, in the uh, FCBL. So definitely fortunate for that. Yeah. I mean, you were certainly one of those top tier guys. And as mentioned in the open, you led the league in walks and on base percentage, you had 29 walks to only 27 K. So what does that say about your discipline at the plate? Um, I, I like to be a very, what, what I call a uh, aggressively patient hitter. Um, I like to hunt early in the count for the um, fastball. You know, if it's in the zone, I'm going to, you know, swing at it. But if it's something soft away or in even, you know, I'm going to leave it, you know, because I'm not going to really, I know that I'm not going to hit the ball hard. The chances of me hitting the ball hard somewhere and spraying the field is minimum, you know, to compared to a fastball early in the count. So, you know, I did my best to try to see as many pitches as I could in the bat, but if there was a fastball, you know, early, you know, first to second pitch, I was swinging at it for sure. Um, but yeah, yeah. So that was uh, about it. And you're, you don't have a small strike zone. You're six, right. five, I believe the media guide lists you at. So, yeah. you know, when did you hit that growth spurt? Did it come with added discipline as you were getting older or, you know, it even adds a little bit more of a compliment to your discipline. And you mentioned that patient aggressiveness with drawing the walks, especially with having an increased strike zone size. Yeah, I guess it just comes with, you know, experience with, um, you know, what the, all these good pitchers, you know, I mean, there's no other really way to put it. You, you know, real experience just translate over time. Um, so if I saw a curveball, you know, the first, you know, half of the season, it's, it's a little uh, harder than it would be in the second half, just because of the experience I've had in the multiple bats that I've had um, going throughout the season. So it was definitely a, definitely a challenge um, facing some of these guys, such as like Reggie Crawford guy from the Starfires that plays at UConn. And uh, that was definitely tough, but over time I kind of saw it out of his hand and I, I would leave it. And it was, that would kind of gave me the confidence of like, okay, I can leave that and he'll probably come back with a fastball sometime soon. And if he doesn't, I'm going to leave it again. So. Yeah, you had plenty of time to see those guys as you played multiple positions on the field. You played first base, but you also batted as a DH in the lineup. What is your mentality when you come in as a DH and how does it provide you with versatility as a player? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, when I'm a DH, you know, I, I know that I'm a DH um, before the game, um, obviously. So I kind of get into a mindset of like, OK, you know, that's going to be my contribution for the team for the day. Um, so basically, I kind of get a plan. I know the pitcher that's going up there. I get kind of the scouting report on him and then I go from there. So, and I kind of keep that same mentality of the aggressive patience um, at the plate. And, and yeah, so hopefully it, it would translate into that game um, that day. So, so real quick, obviously as a DH, you are kind of huddled in that dugout during when your guys are on the field. So how do you stay focused, especially when the innings get a little long for the guys on the field? Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I kind of talked to the coaching staff a little bit, um, you know, cause you know, most of the time, you know, you know, with baseball, it's a very tough sport. So if I get out, I kind of talk to the coaches about like, Hey, you know, what, what do you think that I did wrong there? You know, if my swing was off or my feet were off or whatever it was. So that kind of kept me locked in and kind of, you know, while they're out in the field, I'm going to do dry swings in the dugout, you know, just to try to get back into the swing of things, I guess, for the next at bat. So uh, that's what kind of kept me locked in if it was a long inning. Um, but obviously I'm going to support the guys whenever I can, you know, if it's a long one. So, uh, but it was uh, definitely a good time to talk to the coaches for sure. And one of the things that's really unique to the Futures League is the home run derby. So it's a huge change from the pace during the game where you have a couple innings to digest and, figure out what the pitching tendencies are. 
what is it like competing in something like that? I mean, do you adjust your swing at all? What is your mentality at the plate in trying to not tire yourself out over the course of those three minutes? Yeah. So it's funny. I, I was only available for the one, that one time against the Starfires at the Starfires place. So I was doing that. And the first couple of swings I was taking, I was kind of hacking just away and I didn't really know how to, I didn't really have a plan going into it. So I kind of just tried to swing as hard as I could for the first couple of ones to try to get them out. But then obviously that didn't really end up well because I was very tired towards the end of the round. And I think I only end up with like two or three home runs or something like that, which wasn't enough to uh, win that round. But thankfully I, I think we tied and then Tony Sochi, I think won that round. Thank God, because he, he's like the guy, you know, when we're taking BP on the field, he's the guy that was hitting, you know, absolute bombs at the field. So, but he was definitely a better guy than me to kind of pace it out and through the round kind of get all these home runs in while you know, the clock's still running down. But yeah. So I was at that game and I was behind the plate having to answer questions from the umpires as to did the ball go out? What happens if it's a tie? I think it went the full three rounds, which is crazy. But you guys were kind of going crazy on the sidelines, supporting each other, bantering back and forth between the Westfield sideline and your own. What was the chemistry like this summer? You guys seem to have a really tight knit bunch. And you talked about earlier, you being a sponge from some of those players who were some of the guys that you really learned from and exchanged information with. Yeah, I think I mostly, um, you know, some of the guys I worked with a lot was probably the Mikey Caruso, the catcher, um, Tony Sochi, the outfielder um, and a couple of the pitchers, honestly, because uh, you know, as a pitcher, you know, they kind of go through their routine through an at bat. And I asked them like, Hey, if you're going to face me, what would you kind of throw me? Because I would want to know that kind of thing um, to get a better idea of how to approach an at bat or whatever it may be. So um, it was definitely a really great team chemistry. We would love to uh, you know, share information to each other. And um, it was good because we wanted to win. We wanted to win. We also wanted to have fun, obviously, but we wanted to win. And, uh, and I think that was probably the best thing about it was that we were close knit and, you know, not afraid to ask questions with each other because we, I mean, ultimately we didn't really know each other that well when we first came in, but um, I think that we were very open-minded because, you know, we hadn't played in a couple months and we were just like, okay, how do we kind of show out here, you know, and as a collective group um, and that's what we did. So. Yeah, you guys certainly did. And it was great to see the second half momentum that you picked up personally and as a team, getting back in the win column and having a very successful first year in the futures league. So in new Britain, you guys had a little bit of a dilemma with the left field fence, but you're a lefty. So I'm wondering if you tried to change your swing approach, if that got in your head at all at the dish, if you were trying to sit on pitches for a little longer, because a very unusual occurrence where the fence comes in and they have to set up yellow hazard tape marking off where the fence ends over there. Yeah, that's funny because, you know, I remember coming to the field that after that one storm that we had and I just see that there was no fence there and I'm like, okay, so what are we going to do? Are we going to play or what are we going to do? But I didn't really change my swing at all because I try to stay up the middle as much as possible every every at bat, whatever at bat it is, I'm staying up the middle. Um, and I remember looking at the spray chart after the season and most of my hits were either up the middle or opposite way. And then obviously some of the home runs that I hit were pull side. Um so I didn't really pay any mind to it that much. I know that it was a little shorter, obviously. Um, and, you know, if I hit it that far, you know, the opposite way, then that's great. But, you know, I wasn't really focusing on that as a target or anything like that. But, yeah, definitely, definitely a weird time for us, but it was cool. 
Sure. Well, you're definitely a better player than me. Cause if it was me, I'm also a lefty. I would definitely be like, all right, that's the only <laughs> shot I have to hit a dinger. Yeah. So I might as well yeah. try to hit it to left. So over that temporary fence is a video board that you guys have and use quite well. Now, oftentimes it would say that your home runs were going 425 feet, the yeah. Stanley ticker. I don't know if you buy that or not, but I just yeah. wanted to ask, what does it feel like launching 425 foot news? <laughs> Well, I mean, it really felt good. That, that was the first run, home run I had, the 425. Um, and I knew that I hit it pretty good. I honestly thought I hit it on a line, and I thought it was going to hit the fence, to be honest with you, and that fence is pretty high. So I was just booking it out of the box. So I was just thinking, all right, I'm just going to have to get two here because if it bounces out, I'm not going to get three. Like, I'm just going to go two. Um, but I was rounding first, and I see it soar over the fence. I'm like, okay, so I guess I got it pretty good. You know, I saw, you know, on the video afterwards, I saw, like, some of the flags moving. So I was like, okay, maybe the wind took it a little bit. But, you know, I don't know if that thing, that ticker thing is accurate for sure. But, you know, I'll take a 425 for sure. So I got to ask quickly, do you have a signature backflip, or are you trying to develop a signature backflip? <laughs> Not really. I, I've actually been a pretty timid player throughout my years to be honest with you but I guess over time when I had confidence at the plate uh, and I knew that I got one I kind of just would f flick the bat I wouldn't even think about it it kind of just would come off my hands and just either go farther than usual but I never really like you know hit a home run and stared at it and like flipped it like Juan Soto or something like that but uh but no I'm not really thinking about that I'm trying to hit the ball as hard as I can but but yeah yeah, well, if you want some lessons, Tim Anderson and Juan Soto are two good ones to look up. Yeah, I'll make sure to hit them up, yeah. <laughs> and one th you mentioned it earlier. One thing that was unique about playing in New Britain this summer was you guys got to play in front of fans, obviously, with the Massachusetts rules. A couple of the teams did not. So what was it like getting to experience playing in front of fans at New Britain Stadium? It was great, man. I, I it was They brought the energy for sure, you know, you know with that – you know, all the music playing before the game and, you know, the, the mascot going around and talking to the kids and all that. And we were, you know, play catch with the kids out in the crowd and all that. It was really fun. Um, they brought that energy to New Britain and it was kind of like a, it was a genuine, genuinely good atmosphere for baseball. And, you know, it was kind of a glimpse of what we can be in the future, you know, definitely, you know, with COVID going away, but we are very, very fortunate to have them there because it would be a completely different story for sure if they weren't. So definitely a great, uh, great time. Well, it was an electric atmosphere and we would always be up at the press box and we would be sitting near the public address announcer, Chris Grace, who would often announce you as Noah Martinez with the tongue roll. <laughs> Thoughts on that introduction? It was awesome. You know, I didn't think that he would do it. I remember that first time that he did it. I'm like, okay, that's, that's a new one for sure. I never had that happen for, you know, to me before, but it was, it was really cool. It was kind of an electric. I don't know if I hit it, hit the ball there or I struck out, but it was definitely very cool. Definitely. Yeah. Nothing like a hyped up public address announcer to get <laughs> yeah. the crowd going as Matt, as Matt would know pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You did not play at school last spring. So how did this summer build your momentum toward this spring? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a good, um, you know, kind of couple games. I think we played 35 games. Um, it was very valuable for sure because we all, you know, I think it was it was me and my uh, shortstop here, Matt Bertocci. We were playing, obviously, at Central together, and we definitely needed that practice and that, you know, time to get at-bats in and see live pitching and get live reads out in the field. It was definitely very important for us to be out there and obviously very fortunate because most of our team here at Central didn't get to play at all, so – uh, definitely very cool to get out there and play. Before we return to our interview with Noah Martinez, 
Once again, we wanted to give a big shout out and thanks to ChangeUp, one of the FCBL's cornerstone sponsors. ChangeUp is a cutting edge, player-centric pitch and performance management application. By comprehensively and accurately tracking pitch activity and capturing critical in-game performance data, ChangeUp helps baseball coaches protect their pitchers from overuse and helps players reach their full potential safely. During the 2020 season, FCBL teams reap the benefits of the ChangeUp application, including the ability to keep college coaches informed on what and how their players are doing here in the FCBL. Coaches and parents at all levels, Little League, AAU, high school, and the collegiate level take notice. ChangeUp is a clear choice to ensure your pitchers aren't being thrown too much or too often and are getting proper rest. In addition, ChangeUp's analytics function helps coaches and players understand each pitcher's current performance thresholds and helps inform training protocols to get your players to the next level. The Futures League is bringing you tomorrow's baseball superstars today. ChangeUp is helping make sure those superstars travel safely and as far as possible on their personal baseball journeys. Are you ready to join the ChangeUp revolution? For more information, visit ChangeUp's website, www.changeup.io. That's www.change-up.io. ChangeUp, every pitch counts. We now return to our interview with Noah Martinez. So you guys have started practice and obviously classes are underway and lifts and stuff like that. So what has that been like getting back with the team? It's definitely great. You know, I've seen all the guys and after break and, um, you know, definitely they're in shape and we're ready to go. And, um, you know, it's definitely hard to kind of get everyone in because it's uh, the, all these uh, COVID protocols, definitely with the school. Um, so we're kind of mixing in in the rec center with the all these cages and getting some ground balls and throwing and hitting and all that good stuff. So uh, definitely good to get out there and get the reps that we can um, before the season starts in a couple of weeks. And uh, everyone looks pretty good. I'm, re- I'm really excited to get this season started. Well, we're rooting that you guys get things off underway without any hassles or any other delays because of COVID, because we know how that's gone for the past year. So you play your college ball at CCSU. You're right down the street from New Britain Stadium. Central for those non-CT natives is in New Britain, Connecticut. You're also a Connecticut guy. What is it like playing alongside all those other Connecticut teammates on the bees this summer? I know that the roster probably had to be shifted around because of COVID, but you mentioned you had originally committed September, 2019 before this whole pandemic hit. So, you know, you guys represented the only Connecticut based team and there were a lot of Connecticut natives. What was that like? It was definitely really cool because, you know, Tony, Tony Sochi, especially I had played with him or played against him when I was a younger kid. And um, so it was definitely cool to hear all these stories of like, oh, I played against you when I was this age or whatever it may be. So it kind of just gelled us together because we ultimately played the same sport and we we're around the same age. So we had to know each other somehow, you know, in, through different like grapevines and all that good stuff. So, but that kind of gelled us together and made us really good friends. Now we still have a group chat and Snapchat and all that good stuff. So we definitely uh, talk to each other a lot. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And I bet it'll also be super cool. Your teammates who play at other NEC schools from the bees, getting a chance to play against them and knowing their tendencies and all that. So just, just a great mishmash of people in the futures league and relationships that tie in elsewhere, but you didn't always plan on going to central. So you originally committed to army West point before transferring. So what went into that decision? And then when you decided to transfer and join the CCSU Blue Devils, how do you feel like you found a groove there and are really gearing up for your first spring season? As you mentioned, those guys didn't really get a chance to play in 2020. Right. So, yeah, I think that decision was very based on, you know, what I wanted to do with the rest of my life, because as we know, at the United States Military Academy, they have to serve after their, um, 
you know, collegiate baseball, you know, endeavors, you know, so they have four years of college and then you go serve your country for five years and then you're in the reserves for two. So you're kind of attached to the army for a long time after college. And it's not really even college. It's kind of just like, you know, an experience. It's a, it's a very tough place to be definitely. Um, so I, I just noticed that, Hey, you know, this is not the right path for me. And I kind of searched for a different path. And I knew that central, you know, it's definitely a good spot for me because it's close to home. Um, and it had my major, which was really cool. Um, and it was relatively, you know, in, in my price range for sure, because I, you know, it's definitely hard to pay for a private school. Definitely. Um, so, you know, getting gearing up for this year, it's definitely going to be very exciting. Um, and it's definitely going to be, uh, you know, a, def- a tough one just because of all these different protocols that's going on. Um, but I feel like that we're going to have a good shot this year because we obviously, you know, we lost someone like T.T. Bowens to you know, the, the Orioles. Um, but I think our lineup's going to be really good. And I think our pitching staff is definitely uh, up there with the best. So I'm excited to get it going. Yeah, well, you're our second Blue Devil on the podcast after Buddy Dwayne. He talked to us about the NCAA tournament appearance and getting a chance to go to the tournament atmosphere and him having a great NEC tournament. So I got to ask a follow-up, not about Buddy Dwayne, but about your own studies, thoughts on a major now at CCSU or what you want to do post-grad? Yeah, so it's actually definitely tough to, you know, kind of gauge this just because I'm an exercise science major here. And with exercise science, you can definitely go into a lot of different fields. So I've been kind of interested in chiropractic care because I've been actually – uh, when I was in high school, I had a couple injuries and I've always been um, interested in that kind of thing. So that is definitely a route I could take. I can, you know, go into PT, I can go into OT or whatever it may be. Um, in that grad year, I definitely have another year after, you know, I graduate here for um, for baseball. So I have to kind of figure that route out um, beforehand, but it's going to be interesting for sure. But I you know I having a good experience here. Um, so we'll definitely see. Yeah, that should be interesting. Exercise science is always something I've been fascinated by, so that'll be cool. But before you become a post-grad, you were a redshirt freshman. So talk about the advantages of being a redshirt freshman and how do you feel like it provided for your baseball career? Yeah, so, you know, I was obviously not able to play. So it was kind of an opportunity for me to ask some older guys some questions about different at-bats, different um, approaches and all that, you know, because it's Division One baseball and you want to know as much as you can, you know, before you get to play. So um, learning a lot from the older guys, you know, T.T. Bowens, Buddy DeWayne was an older guy, and um, it was definitely a good experience for me, and now I think I'm pretty prepared for this next season coming up. Yeah, you just touched on our next question. Guys that you've played with at school, you mentioned Matt Bertacci earlier who played with you in New Britain and Buddy DeWayne who was a member of the Rocks. What was it like being around those guys in the spring and then facing them and playing alongside them this summer? It was definitely a really good experience just seeing, uh, you know, Buddy Dwayne, if we went to um, Brockton in Massachusetts, it was cool to see him and how much he's grown, you know, you know, over quarantine. And uh, he definitely had a pretty good summer. Um, and then Mapertachi was definitely great because we kind of, you know, grew into this good relationship because, you know, I only been there at CCSU for a little bit and, you know, now that me and Matt were playing together, you know, alongside each other, we kind of grew into this good relationship on the field and off the field. And it was definitely a really cool, cool time. So you've made many baseball stops along the journey thus far. You played at Hotchkiss in high school for a post-grad year. What was it like playing at the prep school level in the Founders League, which has a ton of good schools and talent in it? And how did that help you prep for collegiate ball? 
Yeah. So it was definitely a really good experience being at Hopskiss. Um, you know, the level of baseball was definitely a little bit higher when I came from, uh, you know, New Milford High School. It was good to face some of these guys had some live arms, you know, in the Founders League from like Trinity Pauling and Salisbury and all these other schools, you know, going to definitely, you know, SEC, ACC schools. So it was definitely a good experience to get, you know, dip my feet into the water of that kind of a, you know, play. And then, uh, you know, eventually college ball is going to come around and, you know, I'll be prepared for that. And prep school is important, but you always have ties to your high school. And at New Milford High School, you racked up some good accolades. You were first team all state and all league. You were also named the conference's most valuable player. What was it like to earn those honors and represent your school playing alongside childhood friends? Yeah, it was really, it was really an honor, but just because, you know, like you said, playing, you know, with my friends that I'm lifelong friends that I've gone to school with, you know, for my whole entire life, uh, definitely really cool to be a part of them. And uh, it was kind of our last hurrah together. So I didn't really think about, you know, performing to the best of my ability. I was just focused on having fun with them and, you know, that we were going to all go on, you know, separate paths. So I was really thinking about you know all that good stuff but um thankfully i had a pretty good year and it was a definitely a definitely a fun experience with them yeah and before we get to our final segment how about a message to bees fans bees fans i appreciate you guys coming out and uh supporting us and the 2020 season i know it was a weird one but you know next year it's gonna be a great year for you guys and um, i'm excited to see what you guys do and um go bees Hopefully we'll see you at New Britain Stadium as a, as a spectator. You don't have a far journey from school. So um, definitely a great atmosphere and one that we're excited to see again. So as Owen mentioned, we're moving on to our final segment. It is called Quick Hits, and it's presented by Zephyr, the official on-field hat of the Futures League. Zephyr, high quality and innovative design since 1993. But before we start this off, you're wearing a lid of your own. So those who are listening to the podcast are unable to see it. You got a Montreal Canadiens hat. We usually don't see that hockey interlap between baseball players on the pod. So what's the backstory behind that hat? Are you a Habs fan? And, uh, you know, I like the I like the style choice, but if you can just walk us through that. Yeah, so my friend uh, from Hopskis is from Montreal, so I was kind of uh, introduced to hockey from him, and uh, and I kind of wanted to be different from like my family and my friends who like you know in the Northeast everyone kind of likes the New York Rangers and you know the Islanders and all those teams, but I wanted to be different from them. Uh, so it was definitely cool to talk to him about hockey and kind of getting introduced with that. All right, I like it. So Noah. For this last segment, we wanted to ask you a couple more questions for our audience to get to know you a little bit better. Is that cool with you? Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's do it. Favorite teammate from this summer in the FCBL? Tony Sochi. All right. You were, you were <laughs> bracing for that one there, but a brave yeah. answer. Yeah. Now, how about in general, a favorite ballpark that you've played in and a favorite ballpark that you've attended as a fan? Uh Tenant as a fan, I'm going to say Fenway Park. It's kind of just a, um, just a, a, just a historic place to be. And it's kind of like a museum almost, um, to play at. It's got to be new Britain B stadium. You know, it's definitely a really cool atmosphere. And, um, with all the fans, there it was definitely very electric and, uh, a fun experience. Yeah, it is. And as a Connecticut guy, I grew up grow, going to a lot of Rockcats games and it's a beautiful stadium. So I'm excited to see what they do with the new fence and, getting more fans yeah. in there in 2021. Now on the flip side, how about a sports stadium or in general, a sporting event that's on your bucket list? Oh man, that's a good question. Um, 
I guess. Well, I need to go to a Steelers game because I'm a de- yeah, I'm a Steelers fan. Um, my families are Steelers fans, and I need to go to a Steelers game. Definitely with my family, not alone. But mm-hmm. uh, Heinz Field is definitely a bucket list item. Yeah, we were looking through your Twitter to try to find content and confirm the Army West point. We found yeah. a couple Steelers favorites. Quick question about the 11 and 0 start, and uh, is the Browns the Browns? Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen. I saw that clip from Juju and I kind of uh, cringed for sure. And then we lost and it was one of the worst football games I've ever watched in my life. So I got to, you know, swallow that bullet and, uh, you know, take it like a champ. So all my friends were kind of getting on me for that. But listen, it's it happens and it's sports and we're just looking for next year. Yeah, unless you're a Pats fan like Owen, it happens to be (laughs) 31 of us. But amen. Um, Now, how about your walk up music? Something you had this summer, something you're prepping for this spring. What are you walking up to at the dish? Man, that's a good question again. Um, I think I'm going to go with Nav again. Nav was, the you know, for the bees, I played uh, Turks by Nav, but I think I'm going to go with Repercussions by Nav. It, his new album's really good, so I think I'm going to go with that. Real quick, would you ever put the Corvette Corvette song as your walk-up song? <laughs> Oh man, no, definitely not. From TikTok, no, definitely not. Absolutely not. I don't. I don't think I don't have TikTok on my phone, so I can't. I can't definitely do that. No. Nice. Maybe Renegade, <laughs> not the TikTok song, but Renegade, the Steelers walkout, something like oh, that. Add a little more juice to it. But um, now uh, final question for me before I pass it over to Owen. Favorite big league baseball team and player, whether current or historical. Mm. I'm gonna go. Well, Red Sox for sure. Boston Red Sox is my team. Um. Well, growing up, just a short story, my friend, my best friend my entire life, his name's Liam Roberts. Um, he also loves the Red Sox. And I remember him saying that he loves David Ortiz. And he said that first. And I was like, oh, I love David Ortiz. So I had to like change it up. So I think at the time, well, I knew that I loved Ryan Howard, who played for the Phillies. And he hit bombs as well, just like, you know, David Ortiz did. So I'm like, I like uh, Ryan Howard. So I kind of like had to say that. Uh, but definitely Ryan Howard for sure. Yeah, Ryan Howard, a first baseman, David Ortiz, a DH. Yeah. You got both right there for you. Yeah, had to get that. And then, so moving on, how about a nickname that you've been given in baseball or otherwise? My nickname is Panda, actually, because when I was growing up, I was a little bit chunkier kind of kid. Um, and I was a slow kid. And I was like ferocious, but not like mean or anything. So I was like a nice kid. But um panda and it's kind of stuck on since you know when i was in high school so yeah yeah the aggressively disciplined and panda go hand in hand together <laughs> yeah yeah it kind of does yeah and then are you superstitious at all not really i think i have a i have a routine when i get into my you know my bats when i'm in the batter's box and if i'm in the batter circle as well um but not really a kind of thing that i've you know i can say it right now and tell you what my um superstitions are but you know, I have a routine and I kind of stick to that, but nothing crazy where if I go out of whack a little bit, I'm going to freak out. So it's probably, you're probably more sane that way anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then how about favorite ballpark food? I'm going to have to go with the good old hot dog for sure. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing, nothing wrong with that at all. Absolutely not. It's so good. And then bubble gum or sunflower seeds. Oh, I, I know that that's a segment here. I know that's a debate. And I was thinking about this last night, and I think it might have to be seeds because 
there's so many different flavors, you know? And I was thinking like, okay, what kind of flavors do I like? I like the ranch. I like barbecue. And I'm a weird guy that likes dill pickle. So I love seeds. No way. That's huge. So ready to go. Seeds are the best. Has to be. I'm counting. Yeah, I count. (laughs) We've done a lot of counting here, but I can tell you, I count the amount of people and remember those who like dill pickle seeds. So yeah, congratulations. There you go. On the good list. You're on the good list. There we go. I love it. And lastly, how about a favorite all-time baseball memory? Um, I think my favorite all-time baseball memory was playing in a regional with my home friends when I was 12 years old, and we were in a home run derby. And I was, um, my dad was the pitcher for the for the home run derby, and that was probably my best baseball memory for sure. It was kind of like a good team camaraderie thing. And we were all there eating like chicken nuggets and French fries, watching each other hit bombs. It was really, it was a really cool experience. And I always remember that. I know that I don't have too much baseball experience past that, but there's nothing like that first taste of playing under the lights and literally oh, yeah. hometown friends. So yeah, definitely. Noah, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a ton of fun. We're going to be rooting you on at central this spring and so excited to see what you go on to do. Maybe as we grow old and the joints get weary, we'll try to call on you if you end up becoming a chiropractor. But for right now, thank you so much for joining us today. Best of luck with everything. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. It was definitely really fun to talk to you guys. Absolutely. So this has been episode 10 of season two of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League. We have new episodes coming out every Monday. Make sure to subscribe. I know Noah's subscribed. He says he's an average listener. We're streaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everyone soon.